Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you. We are taking your calls at 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500. Pam would like to know, Ton, why Annabelle hydrangeas, why hers have weak stems, and is there anything that she could do to possibly strengthen them? Well, she could try fertilizing with a lower nitrogen fertilizer and something with phosphorus and potassium in it to make sure that it's getting those nutrients in, and that may help strengthen stems. So something like a 81616 or an 81010 or a 10101010. 10-10-10 is going to probably be the easiest to find, but just maybe two or three tablespoons of that around each hydrangea in mid-March and again maybe in mid-May. That could help, but if that doesn't, she may need to get some when I say stake them, I'm not saying she has to put poles in the ground, but you can buy these trellis i don't it's not really a trellis i don't know how to describe it besides it looking maybe like an end table but it stands on four legs and has a top that's just wire that's spread about two to three inches apart and so you put it over the top of your plant and they have adjustable height and you can feed the stems through it and it holds them up and gives them some support so if you can imagine say a two by two table two feet off the ground with just a two by two wire mesh top you can run you can find those and i've seen people use those for hydrangeas and some of the more lanky perennial hibiscus and they How work quite look? well well they're oh they're hidden quite a bit if it's okay. a larger plant it's mostly hidden you know i had a girl i used to date sometimes when i was before i was married of course but uh we, her mom had a bunch of those out in their yard, the, and the plants weren't growing up yet, and I thought they looked like these barbecue grills. And I was like, <laughs> why does your mom have barbecue grills over all of her plants? And, but uh, that's, in essence, kind of the look. But as the plant grows, and if it's a larger plant, they're mostly obscured. And then when you clean up in the fall, you can lift them up and just pull them off the plant. And so the hydrangea, you just cut back all the splint, spent flowers and then take it out. And then the next year you could put it back in again. It's a little bit of a challenge as the plant gets really big, but that's something that can work. Okay. MJ is in Willard. Uh, MJ, good morning. What's your question? I need to know what to do with my rose, rose bushes. They're about five feet tall. They still haven't lost their leaves. And I haven't trimmed them at all. I just don't know what to do with them. They're a mess. 
what do I do? I would just cut them back enough to keep the snow from splitting them. So just here and there, leave them alone. And then in mid-March, go ahead and trim them back like you normally would so that you have three or four main canes and they're cut anywhere from knee to um, thigh height. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Uh, Next listener says they have a Thanksgiving cactus. Uh, They thought for 30 years it was a Christmas cactus, so they were listening to our show. Um, They need to separate it. So can they be cut in half? Is it too big to move? They just pretty much need to know how to separate it so they can even share it with their family members. Well, there's videos and fact sheets and all sorts of resources on how to propagate these. And what they're going to do is if it's getting too big or too cousin it like, then <laughs> they can cut those stems back to a an intersection between two leaves. And if they're larger, they can use a knife or scissors to cut them. And so you can cut those. You know, you don't want to butcher the plant. but So the, don't cut the plant in half. No, but the longest stems, and if there's a lot of them, you could go in and maybe take it back by 40%. I wouldn't do more than that just to so you don't shock it too much. But those trimmings can then be divided, and you would take – two or three leaf, probably two leaf sections, and then put them into the bottom leaf halfway, three quarters of the way into potting soil. And what you can do is get some rooting hormone like Rootone, there's other brands, and that bottom leaf before you dunk it into the soil, you're going to rub that powder, dip it into that powder, and put it into the soil, and then you're just using a little three-inch pot, three-by-three-inch rounded pot, and then you would get a sandwich bag and put it over the top. Put a few pencil holes in the sandwich bag for a little bit of circulation, and just make sure that it stays not drowned but wet. And over a period of six or eight weeks, it'll root out. Okay, let's be clear, though. This isn't talking about dividing it from the root ball. This no. is taking one of the stems. No, I don't want to split a Christmas cactus in half. Because that's kind of what I think they were thinking. I think trim it back would be a better option than just going in and with a shovel and splitting it. Okay, the next caller on the line is Grace Marie in Provo. Good morning. What is your question? I have was given for Christmas an amaryllis. It's the kind that is grown in a kind of a blue plastic container. It's all contained, so you don't even water it. It just grows and blooms. Well, it has gotten to the point that it's blooming now, and some of the even blooms are even starting to fade. But I don't know what I do with it after this point. So after the flowers start to look ugly, cut the flowers off but leave the leaves intact because you're going to put that off to the side of a south or west window if you have one available and turn it every month, or not month, but every few weeks, 180 degrees, and you're going to want to maximize the sunlight or the amount of light that hits those leaves, and you just let it grow until sometime late July, August, early, maybe early September of next year. And then what you're going to do then is stop watering it and let the leaves die. And what will happen is they'll draw the energy back into the bulb, and you're going to let the bulb sit in a dark room, preferably in the basement where it's cooler, for eight to ten weeks. And after that period of time, if you don't see leaf growth coming out, just bring it out and repot it or, you know, put it back out and start watering again. And it should send out new leaves and give you flowers next year. 
Okay, so you do water it, even though it's in this little, you know, kind of a plastic Well, I'm not quite sure what you're describing, but eventually it's probably going to run out of water. And oh, you, inside the bulb. Yeah, and so it it's something that's just not self-contained. And if you want to do this next year, it is going to need to be replenished so that it doesn't run out of uh-huh. water. Okay. Okay, because yeah, I've never seen anything like this before where it has this plastic container that it just grows out of it and I haven't watered or done anything to it. Okay. Yeah, I would take a look and you know, you don't maybe want to destroy that because it's actively growing. But look at it and see what you need to do because it may be something that was intended to almost be like a long-term floral display that you then recycle when it's done. And if you want to keep it going, it could be that you do need to transplant it longer term, even if it's actively growing. But it is Uh going to need to be maintained like a house plant. Okay. So just just keep watering it until about September and and then uh, cut it back and put it in a dark place for cool place for a while yep for eight to ten weeks pull it probably ten weeks pull it back out and let it regrow okay okay thank you yep. Appreciate fertilize that. it with houseplant fertilizer through the summer so all right grace marie thanks for your call this morning uh, she brings up a, a good point because it's really a thing right now i received a gift this year and I, I will post it on the greenhouse page because it's now blooming an amaryllis but it is the bulb is um covered in wax so you don't have to water it through the season. But eventually I'm going to have to take the wax off? Is that what no, you're saying? No, I would leave the wax intact, but it will send out roots. And those, Really? Yes. Even through that wax? Well, it, if it's a really thick coating, yes. You'll want to appeal, get that wax off if you can. Hmm. And it could be that these that are, you know, if they have a quarter of an inch of wax around the bulb, it may not be that they were intending for this to be reused. Right. It's the coolest thing to see, Yeah, you know. But but. you may need to gently just, you know, soak that wax in warm water to get it a little bit pliable and see if it'll come off because that bulb is going to want to root out into soil. And so you want to get a little container probably an inch wider and an inch deeper than the bulb and transplant it into that. Okay. I'm going to take Stephanie's call because she's calling from North Carolina next. Uh, Good morning, Stephanie. What is your question? Hey, um, good morning. I am calling about using coffee grounds in my garden. I hear conflicting information whether whether I can use fresh grounds or whether it's not beneficial and just put it on weed. So I would like to know your opinion, please. There are some benefits to it as long as you don't overdo it. And so I don't imagine that you're drinking so much coffee that you have pounds and pounds of these grounds every day. And so if you were to go out and then just distribute them almost like salt and pepper over the soil or just like a quarter of an inch layer, you know, it's going to be okay. It's just you don't want to go crazy. All right. Well, I can get them from the local coffee shop okay. in in bags, so I can get a lot at one time. Not that I do it all the time, but if I'm you just were going to if I were do to get something like that, you may want to compost them, and that you may lose some of the nitrogen value, but that would, um, you know, render them a little more inert. But in smaller amounts, if you were to put, say, once a month, put down a quarter or a third of an inch and just lightly rake them in, they will add a little bit of nitrogen to the soil. Okay. 
Okay, thanks very much. I just wanted to say with that last call about the amaryllis and the wax, mm-hmm. I the wax coating, I had one three years ago, and I had the same thing, so I took it out of the wax, repotted it, and now it's it's an amazing plant. I get like 16 flowers every year on it. So All right. Yes. Good it, to know. It's worth keeping. All, All right. right. Thank you for your help, then. All Thanks right, so much, Stephanie. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Number to call 801-575-8255. Phone lines are now open. You can also text us your questions, 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255, or you can text the questions at 57500. Next listener says they've been treating a 20-year-old Gleason early Alberta, Alberta peach tree for cranium blight or shot hole. Uh, the label for the daconil says reapply one or two times uh, mid to late winter before the buds begin to swell. When should they begin applying that midwinter spray? Well, midwinter I wouldn't do. It's when we're consistently in the high 30s to mid 40s. Is when okay, the, I was going to say, when is that? When the infection starts. So late February into March, they could do one. Mm-hmm. The prime other primary time with daconil is going to be the same time they do the delayed dormant spray in late March, right before the blossom buds break. Mm-hmm. And so daconil cannot be used during the summer. And so they would need to switch over if they had more problems with it to a different fungicide that was registered for summer use. Okay. And do they do that before a storm is coming? Is that better? It's going, they they need to read the label because it varies. Sometimes these things are rain fast within two hours and sometimes you require 24 hours. And so they need to refer to the label to see when it can be sprayed in reference to rainstorms. Okay. Linda is on the line in Bluffdale. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. What is your question? I have a cherry tree that I cut some limbs off last March. And now those, right where the limbs are cut off, there's leaking sap by the cupfuls. It seems like there's a pile in, on the grass under the limbs. I want to know what to do about it. Well, Looks when like were my they, tree will bleed to death. <laughs> when were they cut? Last March. Okay. And they're still leaking? Yes. I wonder if you have some cranium blight. Not cranium, maybe not cranium, but Pseudomonas or Cytospora blight in those limbs. And so this coming March, all you can really do is maybe cut a little bit beyond where they are to see if anything might help. You know, right now okay. you could look for infection. You know, you go and if the tips are black or dark brown and you see, you know, some cankers on there, that could be some of it. But I would suspect something's going on. But the only thing you can really do is try to make some pruning cuts beyond where they're leaking from and see if that does anything. Okay. 
I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Thanks, Linda, for your call this morning. Next listener, Tan, says they have access to secondary water and a water pump. Could they build some kind of irrigation system for their shade and pine trees? Yes, they can. And if you have those trees, they do need to be deep watered through the summer. So they're going to want to get that secondary water tested. I'm not knowing the area. If they're in Harriman, Eagle Mountain, Saratoga Springs, or anywhere that sources Jordan River water, it may be a little salty sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, as long as the irrigation water, they can get it tested at BYU or USU for salinity is what I'm mainly looking for. Uh, Just make sure it's not really salty. But other than that, they could probably, if the trees are mature, I wouldn't do drip. I would do either sprinklers underneath the trees or what we call micro emitters that'll spray in a circle. You know, you can do the different patterns, but they spray six to 10 feet wide and you would run those for several hours. And so it just depends on the, the situation, but definitely yes. Okay, next person said they says that they had uh, stink bugs on their tomatoes this past year and they had to use a pesticide for the first time ever. Uh, is there anything that they can do to prevent the, the stink bug problem this year? Make sure that the weeds are cleaned up in early spring because what will happen is stink bugs will feed on weeds around the house, preferably, especially on native plants. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have things cleaned up. And if the weeds are cleaned up around the perimeter, that will discourage them from hopping to your garden plants. The They may try something like neem oil, which is, if it's not organic, it's very reduced risk and very friendly to beneficial insects as far as what it'll kill. But it has some repellent properties, and so they would need to wash the tomatoes. But neem oil may be an option also to repel them if... They don't want to use something harsher. The other thing that they could try is to tent the tomatoes using low tunnel frames covered with floating row cover. And that will shade the tomatoes a bit and make them probably ripen sooner. But if you do it right, you can exclude a lot of detrimental insects that way. Okay. Next person says, when aerating, should the plugs be left or removed? Left. Always left there. They look ugly and it looks like you have little animal poops all over your yard for a week or two. But with sprinklers, they will wear down and decompose and back into the lawn. Introducing that soil into the thatch layer helps break the thatch layer down. As you mow, the blade will chop some of them up, but it's put up for the two or three weeks of it. All right. Going to take a break for the top of the hour news. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 575-00. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. 
Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.